Hello, welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast Weekly News Review. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calico, New York. Stop by their Lower Main Street location and see what fresh in-house baked goods they're cooking up. I'm managing editor Joe Abraham, and here are some of this week's top stories. Toby Smith, the man convicted for the 2018 murder of 83-year-old Canosa Lake resident Lorraine Gempler, has died in prison. An official with the New York State Department of Corrections and Community Supervision confirmed that Smith died on May 4th at the Great Meadows Correctional Facility after receiving emergency medical attention. Doc said that the official cause of death would be determined by the Washington County Medical Examiner's Office, which the Democrat reached out to regarding Smith's cause of death, but received no response as of press time. It was on the evening of September 24, 2018, that Smith entered Gempler's home on Smith Hill Road, intending to burglarize it. When Gempler returned home and surprised Smith, Smith bludgeoned her with a heavy vase, ultimately causing her death. It wasn't long after that when neighbor David Slater arrived to visit Gempler and saw Smith still inside the house. While Slater was on the phone with 911 emergency operators, Smith exited the home and engaged Slater in a physical altercation. Slater was able to restrain Smith in a headlock and summon the help of another neighbor. The two men held Smith until the Sullivan County Sheriff's Office arrived on scene and arrested him. Smith was convicted in 2019 on two counts of second-degree murder, attempted murder, and two counts of criminal possession of a weapon. He was sentenced to the maximum of 40 years to life in state prison. As reported in the Democrat on September 28, 2018, Gempler is warmly remembered in the close-knit communities of Jeffersonville and Canosa Lake and all of western Sullivan County as a good friend and even a second mother to many. She worked in Grover Herman Hospital in Calicoon for many years, where she enjoyed helping others. Gempler was predeceased by her husband John, and they both loved the farming life in Sullivan County, especially raising their American British White Park cattle at Gempler Farm on Swiss Hill Road. Shifting over to events in the town of Tustin, the grand opening for Bar Veloce, a cheese and wine eatery in Narrowsburg, remains unscheduled. Delays have left many in the community asking what happened. Motor vehicle themed eatery Bar Veloce is presently located atop Narrowsburg Motor Sales Incorporated at 174 Bridge Street. Prior to 2020, a long-standing car dealership and garage was the sole occupant of the building under owner Kathleen Johnson alongside her husband and town supervisor Ben Johnson. Narrowsburg Motors delegated their operations to only the basement floor, while Bar Veloce was granted the upstairs space. However, according to various Freedom of Information Law requests detailing correspondence between the town, Barvaloche, and the State Liquor Authority, there appear to be continuity errors regarding the construction of a rooftop bar. Despite lack of approval for the use of the building's rooftop for drinking and dining from the planning board, during construction of the bar, the eatery was developed on the first floor of the building as allowed by the planning board. However, as the project continued, the construction spread to the renovated rooftop seating area. On July 30, 2020, an application sent to the SLA pertaining to a 30-day municipal notice stated that Bar Veloce had plans to construct the rooftop bar. On August 11, 2020, the town board voted to waive the 30-day waiting period. On September 15, 2020, Indicated on a building permit application, the basement floor would be dedicated to car sales and service, Narrowsburg Motors, and the first floor on the roof would be for the cafe, Bar Veloce. On October 8, 2020, Town Supervisor Ben Johnson issued a letter of no objection for a maximum occupancy of 206 people, including 136 for a, quote, rooftop deck. 
In this letter, Johnson also stated that Barvaloche had received final approval from the town to operate as an eating and drinking establishment. According to Narrowsburg Union owners Brendan and Kathleen Wyden, that letter was provided to the State Liquor Authority as a certificate of occupation, which allowed Barvaloche to acquire its license to serve alcohol on July 12, 2021. Barvaloche received its certificate of occupancy from the town's building department for sections labeled showroom, boardroom, cafe, and basement shop for Narrowsburg Motors on October 5, 2021. In a letter from the town's code enforcement officer and building inspector Jim Crowley, on the same day he stated, Quote, please take note that the certificate of occupancy is not issued for the use or occupancy of a rooftop deck as part of an eating and drinking establishment for any other activity. Like many other residents of the town, the Widens also expressed concern over the need for increased parking and spoke before the town board on April 12th. With limited space outside Barvaloche's ground floor, they can only provide 12 parking spaces at present but are required by a certificate of occupancy to have at least 33. According to the Widens, this remains a great concern as they fight to ensure the parking at Narrowsburg Union remains available to their customers and vendors. Tustin's draft local zoning law awaits review, which contains a number of revisions to its parking regulations. This includes the option of waiving parking requirements in the downtown business district, as well as the ability for private businesses to enter into a shared parking agreement. The Widens claim that despite their owning of the property that borders that of Barvaloche, there have been zero talks between the two parties on possible expansion or construction of more parking spaces. The Widens also claim that trash and debris have breached the chain link fence that separates property they own from Barvaloche. The Widens told the Democrat that they are not against development within the town, but only wish the town code is followed and enforced fairly, and that parking on the Narrowsburg Union property is not compromised in the interest of their customers and tenants. The rooftop section of the cafe was not the only floor that was confronted by the Widens. To challenge the first floor certificate of occupancy, the Widens brought an appeal before the Zoning Board of Appeals for the town on February 14th. It was there they laid claim that in the original draft, Barvaloche was approved for a 30 by 30 square foot cafe, including a bar of 980 square feet. However, according to the September 2020 building permit application for Barvaloche's first floor, the anticipated use of square feet was listed as 1,933. A ZBA meeting was scheduled to be held in March at which the zoning board would hear the case and witness presentations from Barvaloche and Crawley. However, Barvaloche owner Frederick Tomey, filed an Article 78 proceeding just prior to the meeting in an attempt to appeal the ZBA's authority to hear the case. Judge Mark Meadow of the Sullivan County Supreme Court issued a stay on the ZBA hearing, keeping the business's doors shut for the time being. The Democrat reached out to Barvaloche owner Frederick Tomey, who declined to comment due to pending litigation. We'll have more as the story develops. Over in the town of Fallsburg, water and wastewater systems might be in trouble if something is not done soon. That was the conclusion of May 9th's Fallsburg Town Board meeting. Ken Ellsworth from Keystone Associates Architects, Engineers, and Surveyors LLC gave an overview to those who attended the meeting in person or over the Zoom video app on the current state of the total water system of Fallsburg which has its beginning in the 1940s and now has 24 wells, 11 tanks, and 60 miles of water pipes supplying water to most of the residents and businesses of the town. Ellsworth said he is aware of some of the concerns residents have, one of those being, does the Fallsburg water system have enough water? It's not whether we have enough water, it's whether we can pump the water at a rate of which is needed, said Ellsworth. He also mentioned several factors which would slow the rate of water, such as pipe leaks, 
hydrant testing, fires, and the influx of residents during the summer months. The increasing demand for the water system is at its peak during the summer months when the town of Fallsburg's population doubles from summer camps and those renting or using their homes for the summer. Furthermore, Ellsworth said that there are other developments in the planning stages that once they go online will put further strain on the system. One example that was given was the Davos water system in Fallsburg, which on average, according to Ellsworth's report, pumps 63,964 gallons per day. At maximum capacity, it pumps 126,000 gallons per day. Ellsworth said once the prospective projects are completed and running, the water system can go from 88% of total pumping capacity to 314% over the average pumping rate at the Davos water system. The South Fallsburg Wastewater Treatment Plant, which the town is looking to upgrade, is more than 60 years old and services homes in Woodburn, Hurleyville, Old Falls, and South Fallsburg. The permitted capacity for the plant is 3.36 million gallons per day. According to a study done in July 2021, the plant reached an average of 3.23 million gallons a day, almost reaching capacity. According to the report, once the projects that are in development go online, it is projected to go over the capacity allowed for the wastewater treatment plant. Besides the upgrade to the South Fallsburg Wastewater Treatment Plant, the town wants to start a study on the Mountaindale Wastewater Treatment Plant to increase capacity and replace and repair aging pipes. Those who attended and spoke during the public comments section of the meeting cited the environmental impacts of future development called for a moratorium on projects from now in order to fully assess the ongoing issues with the water system and limit the strain. The town board said there would be future meetings that would allow more input from residents on future water system projects. That does it for this episode of the Sullivan County Democrat podcast. Also make sure to check out our website scdemocratonline.com or go to newsstand to check out briefs on all of the Sullivan County School District budgets before this Tuesday's vote. Just a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calico, New York, and we'll catch up with you again next week.